0: Dear listeners, and welcome to another episode of Extra Extra It's All About Whiskey. I am joined this day mm-hmm. with just straight up, keeping it real, Joshua Hatton. Oof,
1: I like that. Yeah, just just no <laughs> no frills. No frills Hatton. That's my nickname. No frills. No frills. I will say
0: the hair is continuing to, to grow and the cheeks continue to be rosy, but I will not call you cherubic again.
1: Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that.
0: So an extra extra, depending whose turn it is, either you or I will bring a current news story to the attention of the other.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Have you seen a lot of news stories? <laughs> Have you seen a lot of variability in the news stories over the last week or
1: two since our last episode? You know, normally, normally the way you and I run business, of how we've always run business, is we like to zig when other people zag and so we try and so this past week has been seemingly a single story that's hitting many different publications such as Forbes and the Spirit's Business and the Times and and many other places with a lot of people within public settings and professional settings lending their own voices and opinions on it and i think you and i are going to zag while people are zagging i think sometimes and we're going to zig while people are zigging yeah yeah i think i think what we need to be talking about jason is sexism in whiskey and jim murray and the jim murray whiskey bible and he's gotten himself into a bit of a a kerfuffle that's taken quite a while, given how long he's been writing his book.
0: Yeah, the the listeners of Extra Extra, the, the last episode we recorded, we actually had a story sent in by a listener. Mm-hmm. This time around, there was no getting away from the number of emails we received from listeners saying, will Jason and Joshua, will the two Js, will the chaps, will the gents be covering this story? On Extra, Extra. Yeah. And so normally we try to surprise one another. and Invariably, we try not to have read the story that the other brings to, to our attention. This week, there's no surprises. We're, we're right in at the deep end. And yeah, I, th- I think there's, there's plenty to discuss here. We are still going to keep a tight 30, perhaps a tight 35. Mm-hmm. But we are going to stay on task. So, Joshua, which... Which article are you pulling from this week?
1: I have a Forbes article, and it's actually quite a long article. So I don't want to read the whole thing. I'm going to read a part of it to set the table. And then, and then Jason, I would like you to, to bring in... I think what led to this article, and that's some commentary by Becky Paskin, who is a whiskey writer. And, you know, you may have seen many of her articles on scotchwhiskey.com and, and other places.
0: Well, and she also has her own company with Georgie Bell, where they campaign against sexism and, mm-hmm. and, my, and, uh, and misogyny and... And trying to increase diversity within the whiskey world, so a lot of great work being done by Becky there as well.
1: And there's, there's one word that, that I led with, and you mentioned that word again, the word is sexism. And I, I want to unpack that word a little bit, because there are, you know there are two sides to this article, and I think one of the sides uh, people are taking issue with the term sexism or sexist. And, and I want to tackle that a little bit in the second half, okay?
0: Yep. For new listeners, we read the article in the first half of the episode and then we editorialize in the second half of the episode. Exactly. So
1: exactly.
0: we will be ready to pull apart that word, Joshua Hatton.
1: Perfect. The article that I've brought is, again, it's on Forbes. The author is Philippe uh, Schreiberg. And the headline reads, Sexism in Whiskey, Why You Shouldn't Read the Whiskey Bible. So Philippe starts off his article and says, Every year since 2003, whiskey writer and critic Jim Murray releases his self-published annual whiskey Bible, and his top choices for the 2021 edition have just been announced. As usual, media organizations around the world immediately issued out headlines about, quote, the best whiskey in the world. This year, the winner is a Canadian whiskey, the Alberta Premium Cask Strength Rye. In the past, his best-in-show choices have raised some eyebrows. For example, he picked a Japanese whiskey in 2015. And for those playing at home, just so you're aware... He announced that in 2015, but the 2015 Bible is released in 2014, and the whiskey he rated best in the world was from 2013. So good luck with those breadcrumbs. Anyway, goes on and says, and a cheap Canadian rye whiskey in 2016, he managed to create something approaching genuine controversy, at least within the whiskey world. However, he has few defenders within the whiskey fan community. Blogs and whiskey social media groups race each other every year to see who can start bashing the Murray Bible first upon its release, complaining about his scores, making fun of his, quote, Murray method, which is a rigorous 14-step process for tasting whiskey, and accusing him of taking bribes from brands, a long-standing and unfounded claim that Murray strongly denies. Though these specific complaints are often over the top, they are written on the internet, after all, the Murray Bible's main problem is the sexist language it employs to describe whiskies, and the many brands are ignoring this problem as they rush to display his score on their bottles and marketing materials. This needs to change, so let's dive into the issues. And now, before we go on, like I said, this is this is a longer article, so I'm going to explain the issues. I urge people to go in and read through this article, but I want to hand this over to you after yeah. after I go yep. over these points. So within the article, yep. uh, he's got some main headers and... First one, why is Jim Murray a big deal in the first place? That is an excellent question. So he goes into that a little bit. And then he goes into the, quote, angry whiskey fans. And that that is a good segment of of the piece. The next header is sexism in the whiskey Bible. And then finally, the fifth headline is simply titled A Flawed Giant.
0: And there's... Room for a lot of discussion there, but it's not why we're here today. In that segment that you just named, Sexism in the Whiskey Bible, mm-hmm. Philippe, the author of this piece, quotes examples from Becky Paskin and makes reference to Becky Paskin. And you and I thought it would be best to give Becky Paskin the floor mm-hmm. at this juncture. 100%, yep. Becky also posted on September twenty. The same day the Forbes article came out. There
1: are no timestamps on Instagram where I read the piece. My guess is if she posted it on Instagram, she may have, you know, posted it on Instagram and Facebook at the same time. The the timestamp for Becky Paskin's piece in Facebook is 7.10am on September 20. So there you go. Bright and early.
0: There you go. Yep. Start the day. So so here's Becky Paskin. This post will no doubt attract some hate comments, but something needs to be said. Why does the whiskey industry still hold Jim Murray's whiskey Bible in such high regard when his reviews are so sexist and vulgar? In the 2021 edition, there are 34 references to whiskey being sexy, and many more crudely comparing drinking whiskey to having sex with women. Penderin is made by an all-female team of distillers and blenders, yet this is how he refers to their whiskey. And then this is a quote of Jim Murray. If this was a woman, I'd want to make love to it every night, and in the morning, and afternoon, if I could find the time and energy. That was about Penderin Kelt. And again, this being Jim Murray on Pender and Single Cask, this celebrates multiness in the same way a sex addict revels in a threesome. That doesn't even make sense. And I know that's beside the point, but that's just a very strange, strange collection of words. <laughs> that was me editorialising. Yeah, yeah. Now we're back to, to Becky Paskin. Murray refers to Canadian Club Chronicles water of windsor as quote have i had this much fun with a sexy 41 year old canadian before well yes i have but it was a few years back now and it wasn't a whiskey was the fun we had better probably not she then has a few more examples i'm not going to go into you can find becky's post on on instagram twitter or facebook she then continues in her own words Despite sexist and explicit language being a mainstay of Murray's reviews, his quote-unquote Bible is still held in high regard by brands and whiskey lovers when it's published every year. Much of the industry has been working hard to change whiskey's reputation as a quote-unquote man's drink. But condoning, even celebrating, a book that contains language like this erases much of that progress and allows the objectification of women in whisky. Women working in the industry continue to be asked if we even like whisky, with ambassadors and female whisky makers often enduring leering comments during whisky tastings and festivals. This has to stop. Any brand celebrating their placement in Jim Murray's Whiskey Bible should be ashamed. Very strong, Mm -hmm. very direct words from Becky Paskin that gained the attention of the entire industry.
1: Before we go on to the editorializing section of, of the podcast, two days after Becky posted her post and two days after this Forbes piece came out, Jim Murray made his own comments defending his stance and and his whiskey Bible. And in the, in the full, his full comments are in a Spirits Business article that's also linked to from, from the Forbes article, but I'm going to read it from Spirits Business. So in the statement, Murray says... This is not a matter of alleged sexism on the trumped-up charges against me, which have clearly been concocted for very clear purposes. This is an attack on the very essence of what it is to be a critic in any sphere, be it music, art, sport, wine, or whiskey. In other words, an attack on free thought and free speech. We are entering a very dangerous territory when people try to control the thoughts of others and willfully distort the truth for their own ends. This is now a battle between free speech and humorless Puritanism. I am not alone in finding this very sinister. I have to say, I know we're going to be talking about this in the second half, but in those two paragraphs, Murray has completely taken the spotlight off of him and put it on a large issue we're not talking about a larger issue, we're talking about him and we're talking about his whiskey bible, so I want our listeners to keep that in mind Okay. now back to specifically being him I am not sexist, the whiskey bible is not sexist, has never been sexist and I will not bow to this faux outrage, I have always fought the bully and will do so here Debate has been replaced by the bang of the mob, common sense, and decency by straight-jacketed dogma. Frankly, these people appall me because what they're doing is undermining society itself, which is crazy. Anyway, how in God's name can, for instance, likening a whiskey to an orgasm be remotely construed as sexist? Last I heard, males, females, transgender people, everyone is capable of an orgasm. I'm a professional writer and use a language that that adults, for the Whiskey Bible is designed for adults, can relate to. I paint pictures of whiskey, and if that, on a rare occasion, is a picture or sensation that formulates in my mind, then I say so, as I have a right to. There's just a little bit, and then we'll move on. Rather than write interesting, illuminating, compelling articles about whiskey, other writers would rather engage in, quote, cancel culture to bring down the world's most successful author on the subject. Some one million people have bought the Whiskey Bible since it first came out in 2003, and in that time, I have not received a single letter, email, or text complaining of its content. Not one. Suddenly, though this several people writing exactly the same thing on the same day strange that i am famed for my ability to nose whiskey and i can tell you that i smell a huge rat within this entirely manufactured and revolting affair i have dedicated 30 years of my life longer than anyone else on this planet fighting for whiskey and the whiskey underdog so people will discover great whiskies from wherever they may be in the world. This has put quite a few people's noses out of joint. These outrageous and concocted allegations will not derail me in my life's quest. My championing of great whiskey will continue. My freedom of speech will continue, whether these latter-day Cromwellians like it or not. Period. Period.
0: So in the first half of the episode, you teased mm-hmm. that you wanted to return to the, the specific use of the word sexism. Correct. And, and how it's being used and how, to your mind, it's maybe being misused by people who would like to misuse it or change the direction of the conversation. So what were you alluding to when you when
1: you set that up in the first half? Well, two things. First off, just like white folk cannot say what is and is not racism toward people of color because they don't have that experience, I don't think men can easily say what is and what is not sexism, especially towards women, because they don't have that experience. They have their own experiences. They have their own, there's white privilege, there's male privilege. And some people choose to look at and some people choose not to. There was actually, um, there was a comment on the Instagram post for Becky that I think might help better explain what I'm trying to say here. Could you read that? Because I think you have it in front of you. Yeah, this was something you and I have been
0: discussing previously. And so um, here, here's the comment. So uh, the reason I brought this to your attention previously, and you and I were talking about it, the comments across social media to Becky Paskin's post have been overwhelmingly positive, overwhelmingly supportive, with a sprinkling of people taking the other side. And so this was one of the other side examples. Mm-hmm. And so this, this person comments, Your voice has had this book removed, not on merit, but on outrage. These aren't really sexist examples. Fictional descriptions aren't sexism, and I really think you are sowing division where there's none. I mean, think about it this way. The Whiskey Exchange went from having a blog about the winners to removing it from their store, just for you. You're promoting cancel culture because you don't like someone's writing. I'm sorry, that's divisive and it is nonsense. If people don't like his book, it won't sell. I've never seen the need to buy one, but not because of sexism or rather silly, exaggerated descriptions.
1: I think in a way, if you don't actually think about the issue, his point seems like a really good one. But it's actually a pretty poor one, in my opinion. Because while the... Reviews themselves are not specifically denigrating women, not putting them down. There is objectification, for sure. Mm -hmm. But perhaps more importantly, and, and objectification is part of it, the language makes it exclusionary to women. Women go through their lives constantly being objectified, hearing that language. Wouldn't it be nice to not hear that language while you're drinking whiskey? Oh, wait a second. You're talking about whiskey in an objectifying way? Okay, well, that's a pain in the ass, but I still love whiskey. Oh, wait a second. You're now talking about threesomes and, and, and comparing it to women's bodies? I, I don't feel welcome here, I, right? Right? It's exclusionary, and that in and of itself is sexism. Because the longer you continue that, the more whiskey stays a boys' club. And whiskey is not and should not be a boys' club.
0: Well, then it's the peculiarity of the Canadian Club Chronicles, Water of Windsor. Have I had this much fun with a sexy 41-year-old Canadian before? Right. Well, and then he goes on. Well, yes, I have. But that that's directly comparing a woman to a whiskey. Mm -hmm. Like, tell me that's not offensive. That's a direct. That's not fanciful language. Yeah, that's a
1: direct comparison. And in Jim Murray's defense, I can see him saying, yeah, but you know what? I know this woman and we had a great time and she had a great time and so on and so forth. Yes, we get that. That's fine that you've had a, a, a fun sexual encounter with some Canadian woman. How does that affect all of the other women who are reading your Bible? All of the women within the whiskey industry who you know when you go to a show, like Becky had said, you have men who just simply think they're they're just a face and a dress, that they likely don't know anything about whiskey, like... When you objectify women, when you use this language, this objectification language, comparing it to women, it makes women just the one thing, a sexual tool, and nothing more. That is sexism. Now, having said that, like I I feel as if I'm saying, yes, that's sexism, and I feel as if I'm in the right. I... Feel more as if I'm in the right because I think I'm adhering to a lot of what Becky is saying, a lot of the concerns that Becky has. But as a male, I do feel uncomfort- uncomfortable saying what is and what is not sexist. And I think it's, it's, it's better for us to listen to the women who are saying, yes, this is in fact sexist.
0: So the, the point that I want to make, and, and, I, and I, I like that you want us to focus on that word. I would want to point out to somebody, if you are one of the people having difficulty with that word, uh, and even we heard it in in Jim's non-apology apology about the orgasms, and everybody has orgasms, before the Forbes piece came out, and before Becky Paskin posted and got traction, and before the Times jumped on this story, in whiskey circles, people were passing around Jim Murray's comments about the Paul John experience he'd had, mm-hmm. where it was like being tingly or loose, losing power in your limbs after an orgasm. And as we passed that around, we all to a person said, "Oh, Men and right? women alike.
1: Yes. yeah,
0: Right. Yeah. Just flat out creepy stuff that I don't want to be thinking about Jim Murray post-coital position, right? Or post-coital condition, right? That's creepy as fuck. You are the greasy, creepy uncle at the Thanksgiving table telling people shit they don't want to hear. Is it okay you have orgasms? Absolutely. Should you continue to enjoy those orgasms? Absolutely. Should you tell me that the whiskey I just poured for you makes you feel post-coital? No. No, you shouldn't. Should you publish that in a book that then gets shared, you know, around the world? No. Grow the fuck up. And that's one of the things we've heard about you know we've we've talked about the the worst kept secret in the whiskey industry we've just heard about nobody cares about your perspective on this when you want to be the creepy uncle about this mm-hmm. and and one of the things you and I have talked about at length between the two of us is yes you've got 30 years you know, experience of -hmm. of being one of the big names in this industry. But what are we now learning? Anybody who has that type of power should use it to lift people up and they should use it to include other people. So just because you want to talk about your orgasms, just because you want to talk about your flings, just because you want to talk about this turning you on in some capacity don't because it's exclusionary and if you are an industry titan which jim certainly thinks he is and he's certainly put in the time use it wisely use it well and that was my takeaway from becky's post and my takeaway from the work that becky does Mm -hmm. which is let's bring more people inside the tent Let's let's keep including the audience mm-hmm. for this wonderful liquid that all of us passionately love. Let's do that. Let's not be
1: creepy. Yeah. Yeah. Or
0: or sexist, right? <laughs> There's right? the word.
1: <laughs> the, the the last point that I want to bring up here, and and Jim Murray used this comment before. I think, in part, to try to, again, take a bit of the spotlight off of himself. And he, he's basically saying he's become a victim of cancel culture. Nowhere has Becky said Jim needs to cancel. Nowhere has the, the author of the Forbes article mentioned that. It hasn't been mentioned in the spirits business. I haven't seen it anywhere being mentioned in Facebook or Instagram where people are commenting what is being mentioned is, it's just gotta change. Like read read the room, right? You do have an important place within the whiskey industry, Mr. Murray. There's no doubt about it. You print a million books per year, people look to you to wanna know what they should drink because they appreciate your palate. That's fantastic. Keep it to the reviews, right? Keep, keep and, and make it inclusionary. Don't make it exclusionary. Don't continue the way you have been. You've been doing it since 2003. The world has completely changed since completely. 2003. Right? Christ,
0: it's changed since 2017. It's changed since 2018. <laughs> like, read the room, dude.
1: Hey, wh- whether it's an evolution or de-evolution, like, it just is. It's different. The world has changed. Grow grow that's it and that's that's been part of my reading
0: of the non-apology apology apology, which is essentially i've been talking like this for a while why is becky paskin why are some people in the industry why are some journalists only outraged now right Mm -hmm. and it's like well because for a long time people have just been ignoring you Mm -hmm. right they, they haven't been engaging with the way you write, mm-hmm. but we're now in a position where, and you started our episode like this, where if you're not speaking up about it, then you're furthering the problem. And and Stuart Nickerson, who's a very good friend of ours and has been in the industry for, for over 40 years, he made a post, a comment, I'm sorry. He commented on a post on Facebook where he said, the part that i currently feel bad about is that we have known that this is not acceptable for a while mm-hmm. and we haven't done more to speak up about it and yeah. and i think you know another thing you've said within the episode is we middle-aged white males need to do a better job of listening to you know females in this instance, people of color in other instances, right? This, this is now our job here. The other aspect that, that you and I have talked about previously is if there's any power that white men are holding on to, we need to share that power. If we are being listened to, we need to share the voices who are not being listened to, Yes. right? That's now an active part Of our job here and it took becky paskin to really shake the tree on this but as soon as she did brands jumped on board Mm -hmm. journalists jumped on board whiskey lovers jumped on board people who'd been disenfranchised jumped on board and it really started a much larger movement that to call cancel culture is to completely disparage it and to completely dismiss it. And that is not at all what Becky did. Becky absolutely said, let's knock this shit off and let's be better. Mm-hmm. And we can choose now. We can either choose to be better or we can choose to continue being in the same old shit And you and I and Single Cast Nation and our brands are choosing
1: to be better. Final point. There's a way to be better. And you and I discussed this with Robin Cooper just a few days ago on his his Instagram whiskey chat. Similar to racism where today it's no longer, just just not being racist doesn't cut it anymore. You have to be anti-racist to be able to help other people. White men need to be doing that, need to be a better ally, right? Absolutely. Similarly to the issue of racism, it's no longer okay just to not be sexist anymore. You have to be anti-sexist. And that starts within yourself, right? Am I doing something that is, could be offending women or or whatever like look at yourself first i'm not saying go out there and 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 be the you know the pc police nothing like that just i want to say this right jason play
0: your part are you lifting people up or are you putting people down
1: yep right and if you don't care that you're potentially putting people down then you got a lot of work to do (laughs)
0: There's no doubt about that. There's there's so much we continue to, to talk about here, Joshua. We are going to get out of here now. I do applaud Becky Paskin. We most definitely applaud Becky Paskin. To think we did have our, our extra, extra episode talking about women in the industry. Mm-hmm. And we forgot to include our own Jess Lomas in that episode, and <laughs> right? we, we have apologized to her for that. It's easy to keep making mistakes.
1: Easy, yeah. It's
0: also easy to apologize for making those mistakes, and not just to continue on like a bull in a china shop.
1: It's not just easy, it's the right thing to do.
0: Oh, it's necessary, yeah. right? But, well... As somebody who taught ethics for many years, I've often argued that doing the right thing is easy. There you go. Okay. We're going to get out of here, Joshua. It's, this has been Extra Extra. You've been Joshua. I've been Jason.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Let's do better, people. Until the next time. Cheers. Cheers.
1: Cheerio.